Brian Terry, Hey, Between Tools, will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. Hey, go. We sure wish you would. We always appreciate hearing folks all around the country, all around town, wherever you may be. Right, getting a good live question. That's right. Keep us from rattling back and forth. <laughs> Keep us <laughs> ambling on. And we are live and in person in the studio, so we have all our lines open right now. Just give us a call. We're going to put you right straight on the air. In case you don't care to call in or maybe something occurred to you, you have to go off the air. That's right. Okay. Or you can always go to the website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button. A little form is going to pop up. Fill out the form and hit the send button. There you go. It could be easier. If you haven't got an answer back from me within 24 hours, check the email address that you entered because when you type in a lot of characters, sometimes it's easy to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And if you put the wrong email address, it's just going to pop right wherever and it's not going to you. And another thing is check your spam folder if you hadn't gotten an answer back from me within 24 hours. I always answer them. In fact, I've got one or two this week says well yeah i sent something and i didn't get it back uh-huh so i just copy and paste it and send it back to them and i noticed they put a different email address ah. this time too well so, no, one character out of place yeah anything like that and then two if you have your spam settings high if it sees a server that sends out a good deal of email it may consider that as uh-huh. junk spam. mail so you'd have to go in and put us on your white list where you're an accepted receiver okay from us or go in and change your settings or whatever but always check your spam folder because it might have inadvertently got stuck in there but uh, yeah i never refuse or or just don't answer an email so if you hadn't gotten an answer back it's usually a reason right anyway we were talking you and i just before the show about some different ideas and stuff and i thought that i would talk a little bit to start out with it while it may seem off topic we're going to bring it around and tell you where it is okay just about life in general and enjoying your life and all that and i was listening to a program driving in and they were talking about retirement one thing and another and the host of the show said, well, the most important thing in life is time. Well, that is not necessarily true. That's true. I disagree. I would say the most important thing is your health. Correct. Because you can have a lot of time laying in a hospital bed, and that's not necessarily going to be real good for you. No, it's not. <laughs> so your health, I think, is number one. And you can certainly do things to keep your health sure good, more positive as far as impact on your life that you're going to have. And I find it's better to go ahead and lose that 20, 30, 40 pounds right now. Don't wait until you have a heart attack and then strap exactly. around and do it or quit smoking now, whatever health concern you may have. But your number one, I think, has got to be your health. You, you have to take care of that. Number two is going to be a home of some sort, be it a rental property or something you bought, because you're going to have to have somewhere to live mm-hmm. every day for the rest of your life. Sure. And most people who have accumulated wealth in their lifetime seem to agree that buying a home is one of the best investments the average person can do. Sure. Because rather than paying out rent to someone else, what you're doing is you're accumulating value. And one day you'll be able to sell that, recoup that value. In the meantime, you're able to live and have a place to be. And the thing is, with a home or anything else, you have to take care of it, not unlike a car. Exactly. Uh, If you just buy it and then don't do anything to it it's going to probably decrease in value. Sure. The same as your automobile. And where I was going with all that, I've got a lot of friends who are younger people, and a lot of them say, well, I just can't afford a home. 
but they're driving a brand new car maybe they're driving a uh, brand new high-end car high-end european model right. or something like that and well i can't afford to buy a house well you know in my opinion you've got it upside down right because most of your vehicles just about any vehicle you buy new depreciates as soon as it leaves the lot it's going to depreciate a great deal and, and depreciation is a loss of money exactly any way you look at it i remember writing a program years ago where you could type in and get the actual cost of your car and the figures were something like your car loses about 25 percent in the first year so you buy this car you keep it 12 months you've lost 25 percent minimum that's Correct. the amount is going to cost to go and get another car in other words, if you buy a 2020 model car today, next year go trade it in and get another car. You're gonna have to cough up around 25 to 30 percent of that initial price to get the new car. Mm-hmm. Now, that may or may not sound like a lot to you, depending on how savvy you are on math, but it is a lot of money sure. that you are losing, and you don't see it every day because it's not thrown in your face every day. Until you get ready to go and get another car, that's exactly. when you're gonna see it. The second year, it's gonna be about another 20 percent and the third year probably around 18 percent so in three years you've lost more than 50 percent of your money sure so folks who buy a new car every three years which they're not as many of them today as there was at one time but you're basically throwing away 50 percent of your money every time you do that exactly now it depends a lot on the kind of car you buy sure something like a lower-end Japanese car, like a Toyota Corolla, probably loses less money than that because it's more reasonably priced to start with, and it has a high resale value. Correct. But something like a high-end European car, it may be more than that. Go and look at, like, a Porsche, a brand-new Porsche, and you may pay $150,000 for it new. In three years, you probably can't get $60,000 Sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's come back down to reality. So it's basically cost you... Seventy seventy five thousand dollars drive through years drive, yeah. divided out per year and per day and the cost is pretty shocking if you look around at the united states of america and the businesses that do very very well in this country number one is probably finance finance companies banks and all financial institutions yep. do very very well another one is insurance companies generally do very 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 well and another one is automobile manufacturers do very 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 well they make billions of dollars a year, and the way they make these billions of dollars is they're taking it away from all of you. Sure. <laughs> now, it's not like they're just taking your money and giving you nothing. They are providing some value, but so much of the value in a new car has nothing to do, to with, do with the car. You, the car. Yeah. It's, you're paying for health care for the auto workers. You're paying for the million dollars commercials they run during the Super Bowl. Sure. You're paying for the 50 cars they smash in the wall to make the government happy. You're paying a lot of costs that have nothing to do with the value of that automobile. Exactly. And that's why they go down in value so fast. Because when you buy a new car, you're sort of, it smells really good. It's nice and shiny. Sure. It's got a lot of bells and whistles. It does a lot of cool stuff. Plus, salespeople are trained to get you in there and sell you a product. Mm-hmm. These are professionals. They're very highly trained. You get caught up in the buying experience, and you don't realize, how much money am I throwing away here? Right. Now, where are we going with all this? There is a much better way, and that is when you buy a car, buy a car that's already been in service, maybe a three-year-old or five-year-old car that's as good as new. Take good care of it and keep it a long period of time. Now, all that extra money that you're not spending on on automobile, you invest that 
in something that's going to accrue in value. You know, we've got a lot of clients that come into the shop, and some of them are young people, some of them are older people, all different walks of life. Right. And the people that I see who have done very well in life all drive older cars sure. and keep them a long period of time. And I'm not talking about a guy who hit the lottery or a guy who inherited wealth. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a guy who built wealth in his own lifetime. There was nothing there. He rolled up his sleeves. He went to work, and he created wealth right. in his own lifetime. Maybe he employs a bunch of other people. He's created jobs for them. These kind of people inevitably always drive older cars, and they don't buy them new. <laughs> exactly. I remember I've got a gentleman who comes in fairly regularly, and he owns about five or six restaurants. Okay. And he at one time was driving, uh, and he's changed out since, but he had an older Suburban, about 15 years old, and he would come in once a year, and he would fix everything on it. Right. And someone was asking, well, why don't you buy a new one? He says, well, a new Suburban is about seventy-five dollars to $100,000. I'm spending a hundred grand. I'm going to buy something that makes money. I'm buying another go. restaurant. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to buy something that's going to make me money. I'm not going to buy something that's going to lose money. So that's the point. If you want to try to get ahead in life, I remember working for a gentleman many, many years ago. I started working when I was 13 years old in a grocery store. The fellow who owned the store chain, was he wasn't a highly educated man, but he was very smart. He was mm-hmm. wise. And he owned about 15 grocery stores. And he told me one time, he says, Lewis, would you like to be wealthy when you grow older? I said, yes, I would like to be. He said, well, just watch the poor people and don't, and do, don't what do what they, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed at first, but then I thought, I said, yeah, this is the yeah. wisdom of the ages. It was. If you watch people who do not accumulate a lot of money in their life and struggle, and I'm not talking about the guy who's born with some major right. ha- handicap where he can't. I'm talking about normal people. They go through their entire life. They've got a lifetime to accumulate wealth, but few of them actually do it. Mm-hmm. And it's because as soon as they get some money, they go buy something. And as soon as they get this paid off, before they get paid, they go buy go something, something else. else. And they buy things that are attractive to them, things they want, but not things they need, right. that lose value. And that's, that's a big difference there between those two words, well, wants and needs. A lot of people just can't get the difference between that. Exactly. What you need is a transportation method. You need to get from, from point, a to point, point A to point, a to point B. B. That's what you need. What you want is a shiny red sports car with a 400 horsepower engine <laughs> right where a little 1.8 liter toyota corolla would do the job it would do the job a lot better uh-huh but people get enamored and and that's sure. what they want now kind of like dave ramsey who is a pretty good financial advisor in in my opinion if you truly want something and you're at a point in your life where you can afford to go pay cash for it that's a different matter sure because life's too short to have what you want we're gonna go ahead and take a quick little break be right back with more in the automotive hour Ah, yes, Mr. Bigfoot. Uh, make yourself comfortable on the couch and tell me what has stressed you out. Uh, I'm just a secluded forest dweller, and I like it like that. But every now and then I get these people hunting me down. There's a TV show, jerky commercials, and now another movie. Then I worry about the hype. If they do find me, will my feet be big enough? Well, Mr. Foot, I can't really do much about these people, but I can tell you how to create some peace of mind in your life. Do like me and take your car into Agco once a year for a general inspection. They provide me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need now and in the future. They can even catch small issues that could lead to big expensive problems down the road. An Agco general inspection, huh? Oh, one more thing, Doc. Could you tell me where I can find this toilet paper? 
I've heard wonderful things about it. Here's Agco's number. And the name of another store that may ship some TP straight to your cave. Thanks, Doc. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the Co-Pilot Seat. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. Got all our lines wide open. Be glad to chat you up and kind of give you some advice. That's it. Right now is the perfect time. There you go. We were talking a little bit about economic money and uh-huh. how to manage money, maybe a little better, as it relates to your automobile. And certainly, that is not the only thing we'll take a call. Anything you have on your mind, any kind of problem, car won't start, car won't stop, whatever you got, just, just give us a call. Yeah, that's right. Be glad to try to help you out on it as much as we can. But, again, going back to money spent, and like I said, Dave Ramsey always says, if you are in your 60s and you've accumulated a mass of money, you have a net worth of $5 million, and you want a brand-new sports car, hey, God bless you, man. By Life's too means. short. Just do it. That's right. Don't think about it. Don't ask anybody. You don't have to make a decision based on what's the smartest economic move for me at that point in your life mm-hmm. because you've got enough money. You're not going to run out. Then you do what you want to do. However, when you're trying to get to that point, then the decisions you have to make are going to be vastly different. Sure. And the thing is – I. You know, but a lot of people say, well, I don't care. Well, oh, that's great. I'm, I don't really let money rule my life either, but it's a whole lot easier in life if you have resources, even if you want to take them and use them to help your family or, sure. or help other people. I mean, just the fact it gives you the options to do these things. So your life shouldn't revolve around money, but you always have to consider that when you're going. You don't want to waste money. Money is a tool like right. anything else. You don't want to waste it. In my opinion, one of the biggest wastes of money is buying a brand-new car. Sure. And what the automotive manufacturers have very, very successfully done by spending millions and not billions of dollars on advertising is they've convinced the American public that new car equals no problems. And that I do not agree with. Well, that is not the case. As anyone who's ever worked in a new car dealership can firmly attest, go and you sell all the new cars on Friday on and Friday, Saturday and Monday right. morning, you go back in, there's 20 records out there with all these cars. Which stuff has happened to them? Sure. And I mean, if you've ever been to a dealership and been in the service department, right? All those cars on the list are fairly new cars. Yeah, sure. you know, less well, than a year old. Most dealerships don't work on old cars. No, they no, work they on won't. new stuff. And the car, because it's new, it's a manufactured product. Uh huh. It's man-made, and it's got hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands, depending on how you count parts. For instance, is a radio a part, or, or is, is it, it a combination? Five hundred parts that are inside of it, because. Right. If any one of those chips or wires or solder joints goes bad, the whole part fails. Exactly. And so if you consider you may have, conservatively saying, 300,000 parts on a car, mm-hmm. you know, if you have one-tenth of 1% failure, you can have a lot of failures. Yeah. And one-tenth of 1% is a very high-quality rating on an automobile. So it's not unusual for brand-new cars to have problems. Certainly, there the converse is also true. Because a car is old does not mean it's unreliable. does not. It could be as reliable as a new car, particularly with modern cars, where basically it's just a big computer. It's a computer on wheels is what it is. Sort of like your laptop or your desktop at home. Those generally last for years and years and years and years and years. And they have to keep changing the operating system to make you get rid of them. (laughs) Right, make you go buy a new one. Because you can get tired of looking at it before it goes out. Computers are inherently pretty reliable, and same thing with automobiles. So long as they are taken care of, so long as they are maintained properly, right? there is no reason, 
and I'm speaking from perspective of living in the South where you don't have rust as an issue because that can change when you go to the north of the United States. But there's no reason you can't keep a car 15 to 20 years. Well, I mean, you you, you yourself is driving – you're driving an 02 Silverado. 2002, so it's 18 years old. Right. I've got an 06, and right. I ain't not even thinking I'm about getting rid of it. I'm not even beginning to get rid of it. And really, uh, my 2005 Buick, I would still be driving it except for the missus. Uh-huh. And it kind of came down to Dave Ramsey's thing where it was going to be cheaper to get rid of the car than it was to get, <laughs> get another wife. So uh, <laughs> I had to bite the bullet on that one. I understand. But – that car, I would get in it and go to New York. Sure. I would, and very often did. We'd go up to Tennessee a lot because we like the mountains and all. Absolutely reliable. Mm-hmm. Just like my pickup, I hop in it. I go to New Orleans. I don't think twice about it. Not it's at all. completely reliable. It's been well-maintained from day one. All the maintenance has been done. The oil has been changed on a very regular basis in it. And today, I can put that car on a lift. There's no oil leaks. There's no parts falling off of it you know right it's still in good shape it's still a perfectly reliable automobile so if i look at when i did buy that one new which is something i normally don't do mm-hmm. but when i look at used vehicles first i could buy this truck brand new for about the same price as a three-year-old truck right because chevy pickups at that time back in the early 2000s late 90s had gotten so reliable that the resale value was, was astronomical yeah this was 2002. I was looking for a 90 model. I'm sorry. 99. 2000-2000 model. Uh-huh. And when I went and started looking around, they sold for the same price as this truck did. Right. I mean, it was almost no different. I, so I went ahead and bought the truck new, but what I bought was the most stripped-down model they had. Basic work Basic truck. Transport. All I want to do is go from home to work, uh-huh. occasionally go pick up a part in it. That's right. all I'm going to use the truck for. So. The salesman say, well, you know, you need to get power. I don't want power windows. Well, you need to get cruise. I don't need cruise control. You need to get a V8 engine. I don't want a V8 engine. I want a six-cylinder engine uh-huh. because a six-cylinder is the old small block engine, with, based, most with, reliable engine ever built by a wide measure. Sure. Far, far less problems than anything else. Rubber floor mats. That's what – well, I don't think you can be happy. That's, well, I appreciate your concern. And, and But I think I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. And if I remember the story right, he had to get one from another dealership because he didn't have yeah, one on the well, lot. He, he didn't. He almost like he didn't want to sell it. Right. And finally, I said, so look, you want to sell this truck or not? Well, yeah. but So I bought this truck brand new. I paid right right at $14,000 with everything. Uh-huh. And that's when you could buy a truck for $14,000 brand new. But it's a stripped-down model. Sure. Now, if you consider I've driven it 18 years. I mean, what is that? About seven hundred dollars a year. Yeah. If I take the total amount of money I spent on everything else, I mean, my cost is so low into this truck, and I plan to drive it another ten years. If sure. I, I mean, barring something catastrophic, some somebody run a red light, right. hit me, and smash it all up, then obviously I got to do something different. But the point is, my cost into this vehicle is so low that I can take that money and put it into things I like a whole lot more. Sure, you can afford to do other things with it. Well, yeah, I, and, you know, people will say, well, how did you get your house paid for, and, and you've got a condo in your own that's paid for, and you got that. Well, I did it by driving cars that were older, and I sure. took that extra money, and I put it into things that accrue in value, not things that lose value. Now, again, I don't say that that's the proper method for everybody. Some no, people. It did work for you. It worked very well for me. And, of course, I talk to people, well, you're lucky. Well, yeah, no. I'm lucky, but. <laughs> The harder I work and the better I plan, the luckier I seem to get. Well, the luck is what you make of it. Well, it is. And I compare that to people who maybe leased a car in 2002. 
and they kept it for three years, and they turned it in, and all they had was a bunch of lease receipts. Uh huh. And then they leased another one, they leased another one. Well, this went on for 18 years. Well, they've basically paid for six cars. They don't have a car. They don't have any. Nothing uh, else to sell either. Nothing else to sell, nothing to trade. Right. Uh, and in all the money they paid out in notes, well, I can't afford a house. Well, okay, well, that's bad. I'm sorry you're in that situation. But had you invested a little more wisely, right? then you may be in a whole lot better financial position today. Exactly. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Matt on the line. Good morning, Matt. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing wonderful, sir. Got a question on tires. Okay. So I've got a 2012 Tahoe. It's got 85,000 miles on it. Okay. I put a new set of tires on it Mm -hmm. from a big national chain, I'll say. Yes, sir. And they're probably only about three years old, only got about 35,000 miles on them. Mm -hmm. And they've been losing air. So I took them in the first time. They did a dunk test on them, said, you know, they couldn't see where they were leaking. Keep an eye on it. They're losing anywhere from five to seven pounds every day. Wow. That's That's a lot. Yeah, like a lot. And so I took them back in. They said, hey, we replaced the valve stem inserts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It's pretty and, common. Uh, it's still doing it. Yeah. yeah okay. It didn't change anything. So then the guy said it potentially could be dry rot. And I'm wondering, these are three-year-old tires. Yeah. Is that possible? Let me ask you a question. Does it have mm-hmm. steel wheels or aluminum wheels? They are chrome, chrome. 20-inch Chevrolet wheels. Okay. GM had a issue with corrosion. Yeah. And what it would do is the corrosion would build in the seat area where the bead, bead seats onto the rim. The, okay. As the corrosion would build, it would push the tire off the seat. Well, and it would pop that little chrome off. And the chrome would peel peel off of the wheel right. because it was adhered to a corroded piece of steel. And then they would start to leak around that bead area. That is fairly common. And, again, it takes somebody who knows what they're doing to find it because it's not like big stream of bubbles coming out. It's a little bit of air leak around a big area. Okay. That would be one thing. I find that normally by breaking the tire down. And you can see the chrome peeling off and it's, it's stuck the into the bead and all that. Is, yeah. Now, if that is not the case, Matt, there are what they call leakers. A tire that's just a leaker. It's a defective tire, and the air just comes out through the rubber. And there's that inner lining in there is just not perfect. It's permeated, and air leaks out. Again, almost impossible to find because it's a million little bubbles, but a million little bubbles can leak out five to seven pounds of air in a day's time. But that is not common, but it does occur. And that is a warrantable defect in a tire. In other words, they would have to go back to the chain for that. Yes, so you would have to take it back to whomever you'd purchased it from. What I would have them do, say, look, guys, these tires are three years old. They leak five to seven pounds of air a day. This is not acceptable. I've got to get this problem resolved. The first thing I would suggest they do is to dunk it just to make sure they're not overlooking something. If they don't see anything, break the tires down. Examine the beads. If there's chrome or anything peeling off at the seat, they're going to have to go in and grind all that smooth, repaint it so it doesn't rust further, and then clean the beads of the tires and remount. There's also some sealer you can put on that bead that can help even if the surface is slightly corroded. If they don't find anything there, then you just replace the set of tires. And certainly they're not going to just hand you a brand new set of tires and have a nice day. You have to prorate it. If you got 30,000 miles and it's a 60,000-mile tire, you probably have to pay half of the price for another set of tires. You know, they're going to okay. charge you for the use that you've gotten out of them. But you shouldn't have to walk out there with a full bill for new tires. Okay. And I guess one thing I probably left out I should mention, I use this to back a boat. and We're in South Carolina. Yes, sir. And it's 
I'm putting a boat in the salt water here. Yeah, well, that, I do wash them off after. Every that time, makes it so. worse because yeah. that water will get down into that bead, and it can easily corrode it. I mean, we don't see it as much in the deep south, but I have seen it a number of times, and I've even seen it with aluminum wheels where they'll corrode up and they'll get that aluminum oxide on the inside of the bead, and it will push that tire away. It sticks in it, and like I said, it's hard to find on a dunk test because it's a tiny, tiny bubble all over the whole surface on both sides of that wheel. But if you break them down, you'll see it. So last question, if you got a second. Mm -hmm. Sure. If I'm going to buy some new, you know, I'm going to probably keep this thing for the long run. If I want to try to prevent that and I think about new wheels, tires, what would you recommend from a wheel standpoint that would, you know, maybe something that's going to be able to go into salt water? There is no wheel you're going to buy that's not better than the original equipment wheel. I mean, the OEM wheel is so much better than any aftermarket wheel, even at three times the price. They're they're better than anything the aftermarket makes. The OEM does a very, very good job on wheels as far as being centric on the on the hub of the car. It's made for that car. They're perfectly round. They're perfectly true. They have reinforced seats where the lug nuts go in. I mean, they're just a much, much, much better product. There's a number of companies out there that sell used wheels there are companies that do just that basically they're takeoffs if you have a vehicle that was modified at the dealership they change the rims and tires this company buys the original set and they sell them off right. as takeoffs is what they're called right they may have tens of thousands of them there and you could probably pick up a good set of original equipment wheels another place is like on online a lot of people who put aftermarket wheels in their cars will sell their original wheels right. at a fraction of the price and they don't realize they're putting on a worse wheel than they're taking off but, yeah, you'd want an original equipment wheel, and make sure whoever mounts that tire knows what they're doing when they mount them because improper mounting can tear a bead, which can also lead, lead to the to same lead. type of an issue. So, Got it. Okay. Well, you guys are giving me a lot to think about. I appreciate that. Okay, Matt. And go to my website, and I've got an article on there, and I think it's entitled, Can a Caveman Mountain Balance Tire? And that goes back to the old Geico commercials yeah. with the caveman. But, yeah, look on that, and it'll tell you a whole lot about mountain and balance tires that you may or may not be aware of. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, guys. All, All right. right, Matt. Thanks for hey, calling, man. Weekend. You too. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. So lie back on the couch, Ms. Bo Peep, and tell me what's got you stressed. Ugh, my sheep keep getting lost. I mean, they're in the meadow one minute, and I look down at a text, and then I don't know where to find them. And they keep doing it. Let me level with you, Doc. Sheep are not the smartest animals. Not you, Denise. You're the exception. Look, Doc, you ever try to have a conversation with a sheep? It's a little one-sided. They just look at you with this blank look on their faces. That and the whole getting lost thing has me at my wit's end. I can't really help you with losing sheep, but I can tell you how to get a little peace of mind. Do like me and take your car into Agco Automotive once a year for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what you need to keep your car running right, and it saves money in the long run. Ooh, with the money I save, I can buy some shock collars to keep those little halfwits in one place. <laughs> Denise, you know I wouldn't do that to you. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco. It's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Please join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, we're to try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901 is the number. And we're going to our phone lines. We've got Paul online. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. You, you were talking earlier that people drive more expensive cars than they can afford. There was a list on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it had all the different cars people own. Mm-hmm. Like some had Bugattis, yes, Abex, sir. 
Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson drives a Toyota Cristita. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood has a, I think it's a GMC Typhoon. Mm-hmm. They don't all like you know, go I, crazy. Or- I clearly noticed that, Paul. I've got some a lot of customers that are physicians because a lot of medical industry in Baton Rouge area. And the guys who are just out of medical school, you know, they, I understand, man, they've, they've studied a long time. They've done without, most of them are driving really nice high-end cars, but the real older doctors who they've already made it and they don't care what you think. I mean, they're all driving older cars. They just, they say, I had one of them tell me one time, he is one of the best heart surgeons in the Baton Rouge area. And he said, you know, if you're not impressed with me for what I've accomplished, you ain't gonna be impressed with my car. <laughs> I'm not trying to impress anybody. So. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that's a hard and fast rule, but you will notice that the people who have built wealth in their own lifetime, generally, they don't squander money. They respect money, and they manage their money, and that's why they've got it. I understand. All right. Thanks for listening. All right, Paul. Thanks, have man. Have a good weekend. Mm-hmm, Bye. You bet. Bye-bye. All right, going right back to our phone lines with Michael. Good morning, Michael. Yeah, how y'all doing? This doing morning? wonderful, sir. Last night, my car, I went to make a turn at a red light, and... Mm-hmm hit the gas to go, our engine revved real high, and then it caught okay. and would go, and then it would rev real high, okay. catch and go. Mm-hmm. The most common reason for that, by wide, wide, wide margin, is that it's low on transmission fluid. Now, the reason it's low on transmission fluid is because there's a leak somewhere. Now, the yeah. first thing you can say is, well, I don't see any fluid in the car. Well, that's great, but the reason you don't see fluid in the car it's probably one of the pressurized lines is leaking. It does not leak when you turn the car off. There's no pressure. Going down the yeah. road, it's leaking. The wind's blowing back behind the car, and so it's no leak when you stop the car. Now, this is key on that, Michael. If you stop right now, do not drive this car anymore. Get it to somebody who knows what they're doing, have them repair the leak, and fill it back up with fluid. You're probably going to be fine. If you continue to drive the car, even a day or two, you're going to burn the transmission up because the fluid not only makes it go, but it lubricates it. So yeah. it's kind of like trying to run the engine without all. I mean, it will burn that transmission up in a matter of minutes, minutes. Yeah, if it's low on fluid. So you're going to need to stop the car. I would advise you to have it towed somewhere. I wouldn't even drive it anywhere. If you just hell-bent on driving it, go ahead. But you need to get it to somebody who knows what they're doing, have them check it. Now, that's not the only thing that could cause that problem. There are other things. But that is by a wide, wide measure the most common thing. And it's right. probably a fairly slight problem right now. But if you let it rev up like that just a handful of times, it's going to burn transmission up, and you're going to be into a four to $5,000 repair. So. All right. All right? All right. I thank you. Yes, All sir. Right. Thank you. All right. Let's see. We've got Ray has been patiently holding. Good morning, Ray. Yes, sir, Lewis. Appreciate your show. I got an older Taurus uh, mm-hmm. that's just kind of a go-back-and-forth-to-work vehicle, yes, 96, mm-hmm. with uh, Bosch ABS brakes. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Just, and not a really, you know, I know how to, uh, if you push it hard, you get the cycle of the brake pedal. Correct. But in, and here lately it had kind of cycled the brake pedal under not, you know, just a normal brake or a little bit harder than a normal brake. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, I started, I've got a low pedal, and I'm getting air to the left front wheel. My question to you is, is it possible that the anti-lock brake system would create the air? It's possible, Ray, but it's not the first thing I would look at. Is the air on that one wheel, and how have you verified that it is air? I mean, you've, you've bled the brakes out and oh, gotten yeah. air out oh, of yeah. it? I've, I've bled them all the way around, uh-huh. and at first I'll get a good hard 
pedal. Okay. And then you go park the car out there, go out there later, hit it, and it goes down again. You can clearly see the fluid leaking onto the booster. So I know the master cylinder is bad. Yes, sir. Well, the master cylinder can draw air into sure. the system because yeah. those seals, when you let off the pedal, it's coming back. It's It's got yeah. n- not a vacuum, but it has a negative pressure on it. So air can run in past that seal, get into the system, and it's going to affect two of the wheels. That car probably has cross-braking, so you're going to find it on it like the left front, and you're going to find it on the right rear. The yeah. rear doesn't make much effect, but the front has a huge effect, so you go, you'll see it there most. Yeah. The very first thing I would do, Ray, is to replace the master cylinder because well, you know you need that anyway. Bitch bled and I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. That question coming to my mind. So, mm-hmm. if I have problems later today with that, I know you know should I look into that or not? It know? is possible, but it's probably one of the last things I would consider. Another thing: the seal around the caliper can leak, particularly if the slides are binding on it. Because it doesn't pull back out smoothly. It's trying to jerk back out and can suck air in around the caliper. I've, I've seen that happen also. So the ABS unit could cause that problem, but it would be pretty rare for it, too. That would probably be the last, the last place I would look. Well, I'm considering going to probably change the calipers anyway and put new, new pads on Well, you know, the master cylinder is in that shape, and the car, as old as it is, those calipers don't cost a whole lot. No. I would say you'd probably be in pretty good shape changing them. You'd now, probably do yourself a favor and change the brake hoses while you're there. Yeah, the hoses, the calipers. Yeah. And does it have drum brakes or disc on the rear? It's disc. Disc on the rear, okay. With, with the uh, parking brake into the caliper? Yes, yeah. Sir. Yes, sir. The rear doesn't seem to give as much trouble as the front because they're not turning and they don't do as much of the braking. Rear may be just fine, but I would probably replace the hoses and the calipers in the front, change the master cylinder. And bleed it all out. What real you good. probably want to do is bleed it all out real good before you start. And there's get any yeah. corrosion that's in that system out before you put the new part on. Because you put a new part on and go to bleed, you're gonna force that nasty fluid through that brand new caliper. Well, I was probably gonna flush some clean fluid through it yes. first. Yes, flush it all out real yeah. good first, and then change your parts, and then go back and bleed after that. Well, I certainly appreciate y'all's help, and uh, y'all keep up the good work. All right, Ray, well, thank thanks, you. man. Thanks, Colin. Have a good weekend. Thank, thank you. you. You too. Bye bye. All right, we're going to try to catch another one of these calls right. for our break. We've got Ron online. Good morning, Ron. Yeah, how you doing there? Um, yeah, I got a 2008 Honda Elantra. I was getting some tires put on the other day, and they were checking my brakes. I said I was getting about two or three centimeters from the uh, rotor. Probably, time two, to change probably the two millimeters. Yeah. Millimeters. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's pretty That's pretty close, huh? Yeah, yeah. two millimeters is considered worn out. Normally, three is where you're concerned. Uh, anything less than three millimeters is technically considered worn, yes. Yeah, is it necessary to get the rotors turned when you change the pads? Or no, not? you you never ever ever turn rotors anymore because they're too thin to start with, and is not. If you check a Hyundai rotor, it may yeah. be at discard or very close to discard when it's brand new. If you've got wow. a rough rotor or if you've got a shutter when you stop, replace them. Mm-hmm. They're fairly inexpensive. There's no no extra labor to change it when you're changing the pads. So I would just yeah. replace them. I would never turn a rotor on a Hyundai or any modern yeah, car. Yeah, okay, because. I notice when I t- when I put the brakes on, they don't, there's no shutter or nothing. So I just think I'm gonna tell them just go ahead and change the pads. All yeah, I need to if do. If there's no shutter and the surface of the rotor is smooth, it's and not, it's not dished, doesn't have a dished out. Yeah, if, if they're dished or worn, your pedal's not gonna be good right. because you got the old pad was worn to the rotor, and when you put a nice fresh flat Square pad, pad, it's not gonna fit on that rotor good. So it's gonna fit. Oh. You know, you're gonna be surprised, Ron, yeah. when you start checking rotors. They're probably less than forty bucks each, and there's no labor to change them. So we change rotors almost every time we do brakes anymore on, on the more modern cars. They're not that expensive, and they're, they're right there. When you got the, the yeah, you got to take the rotor off to change brakes anyway. And the, the materials, right. the materials, and the di- and the design has changed 
so much. So much until, you know, like Lewis was saying, rotors are cheap. Yeah, unless they're real smooth and there's no shutter, right. in which case you just reuse them. Now, they do need to wash them. The, the rotor yeah. seats to the pad, it's going to have a lot of material off the old pad embedded in it. So if you don't wash yeah. them real good with, like, soap and water before you put the new pads, you'll contaminate your new pads. I got you. All righty. All right, well, thank you, Lewis. All right, Ron. All right, thanks, man. All right, bye-bye. Let's see. We've got time for one more call. Oh, we've got to take a break. We're going to take a quick little break. Matthew, if you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break. Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I'd just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues. Uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! Hmm, that little witch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, this is Lewis and, I and Brian is sitting right here. This is the Automotive Hour. We'd be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. You can give us a call. It's 291-6901. And we're going to our phone lines with Matthew. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing Good great, morning. sir. Great. I got a 2012 Acura TSX. Yes, sir. The wagon, mm-hmm. which I bought about two months ago. But on this downpour we've been having, I've been noticing some water by the, the driver's side eight pillar. Okay. I looked at the sunroof. That doesn't seem to be it. I found it, and it's right at the top corner of the windshield. Yes, sir. And someone who replaces glass, mm-hmm. auto glass. Pretty common. It, yeah. If they don't get that glass in there just right, because the windshield is just glued in. It's right. got like a urethane seal right. uh, that glues it in. Yeah. If that glue had any, like a fingerprint on it, it may not adhere, and that it'll leak right there. Yeah, you. in my experience, Matthew, that cannot be sealed effectively from the outside because right. the water has already gotten in there. It's wet. You can't get in there to dry it out. Anything yeah. you put on is not going to stick. Usually they have to reinstall the wind. They take the old windshield out, clean it all off, and start over with a new and windshield. reseal it or just put a new windshield because most of the time you're going to break the old one getting it out of there. But almost every time I've ever seen those, I've never yeah. seen anybody seal one from the outside. I've seen people just gob silicone and glue and everything else in there. It never, ever stops to leak. Yeah, I tried it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, generally, if they can get the old one out without breaking it, they can clean it all up, clean the pinch well up real right. well, make sure there's no corrosion on it anywhere, reseal it, repair it, and put it back in. Most time, it involves a new glass. Now, what I've seen, too, we had one come in not too long ago. And it was some kind of a little molding up there with a rivet that went in. And they had taken that off when they took the glass out. When they put it back, they stripped the hole that went in. It was leaking through that hole. So we had to go right. in and actually weld that hole up. So it was more involved. But, yeah, I have never seen anything out of seal one from the outside. I guess I'll be trying to get a new windshield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and be sure whoever you get, just tell them what problem you're trying right. to solve so they know what they're looking for when they get it out of there. Because... If you say, I just want a windshield, well, let's put a new windshield in. Well, they may miss a little crack or a little hole or something because they don't know what they're looking for, you see. Okay. And and usually the cheapest guy in the phone book is not the guy you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go find you a reputable company 
and pay what they're asking and have it done right, and you'll be done with it and you can forget It'd about it. It'd be a whole it. lot cheaper in the yeah. long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'll give it to you. Thank you, Pat. All, All right, right guy. Thanks for calling, man. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to part of the automotive, I would love to have you. And we were talking about a number of different right. topics today and mostly about economics of a car and how that relates. You know, you can – I used to teach a 12-hour course on just this very subject. Right. And most people coming through the public and even the private education system, they're taught a lot of things, but they're not really taught how to manage money. Mm-hmm. And so – Used to be at one time we would watch our parents and in my case my grandparents replicate what they did and yeah a lot of wisdom came across sure they would, they would tell you things and but society today doesn't necessarily function that way and sometimes the parents had a problem with money yeah uh, and maybe even the grandparents who knows so to break this cycle of squandering money and not accumulating wealth not that the whole purpose of life is to accumulate wealth it's just that it can make your life a whole lot more enjoyable sure because the necessities of life can be taken care of and then what's left is money you can enjoy because you know the purpose of life it's not you don't live to work right you work to live and the whole purpose of your life is to enjoy and if a brand new car makes you happy truly makes you happy then, hey, go buy By all car. means, yeah. Do, do whatever you got to do. I'm just saying, if you really sit down in the cold light of day and examine, is this really making me happy, or mm-hmm. is this keeping up with the neighbors or trying to impress people with the car I drive, you might want to make a different decision. Sure. Because sort of like my friend the doctor said, if people are not impressed for you for what you know, what you can do, the kind of person you are, they're probably not going to be impressed by your car either. Exactly. And, you know, I don't care about that kind of stuff it just never did really matter a lot to me to me a car is simply a way to get reliably from point a to point b sure that's all i want to do i want to get there in the least expensive most reliable way i don't want to have misery in my life so where i I go with that is when my battery is three years old i know that the vast majority of batteries only last 36 months slightly less in the deep south because it's very very hot I'm not going to wait until the battery goes bad or starts giving trouble or starts or, giving trouble right. and puts me down. I'm going to replace my battery before it gets three years old. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow me not to be broken down. So it's going to actually say, people say, well, you're wasting money. No, I'm not wasting money. I'm saving money. Yeah. You ever, ever had a vehicle towed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just across town, sometimes it's $200. Right. One tow is going to probably be more than the battery. Sure. Plus, you stressed out the alternator. You stressed out the starter. These are things that are not going to fail immediately, but may fail shortly thereafter. The fairly near future. Plus, my time. If I miss a few hours of work, that could have just about paid for that battery. Exactly. You know, and particularly if you're on a job where you get paid overtime over 40 hours and you're working a little overtime, that's coming off a time and a half. Exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to a fellow today, and he was talking about student loans. He says he goes, to, he works at a college at a university. He says these kids up there are buying Starbucks coffee sure. on their student loan money, and they don't realize by the time they pay this loan off with all the interest and all the other stuff, that cup, that cup, cup of, of coffee, coffee? probably cost them 40 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. a 40 cup of coffee. So people make unwise decisions every day, and sure. our society as it exists today seems to be geared towards that kind of thinking. Because so many people get their information from the media, and the media is there, number one, to sell stuff mm-hmm. because advertisers pay for everything. So the advice you get from these kind of people are generally not going to be good advice. You need right. to get advice from people who stand 
to gain nothing, nothing by your decision. They're just trying to help you. And what I always do is look for a person who has created wealth in their own lifetime and then speak with them, ask them questions, and more important, try to emulate the way they live. Exactly. And that way you can have a whole lot more enjoyable life throughout. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's a little bit off the topic of cars, but I think it all relates sure right it in does. there. I see we're out of time. we got to start winding on up. Like thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written review and fill it out for us, That's please. That's right. You fill out that written review, it moves us up in rankings, makes us real happy, and more people can listen. So the more people listen, the longer we can do the show. There you go. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.